three, two, one. Welcome to the Center Bench Podcast, where four washed-up athletes now sit around and scrutinize sports. Starting at Center Bench, you have Mikey, Luke, Peo, and myself, Luca. I think you had some big news this week. Yeah, it looks like uh, I'm I'm getting hitched. <laughs> How did that feel? Uh, you know, just it felt all right. No, I'm kidding. It was <laughs> it was such a relief. It was it was a good time. We had a great time. Good man, yeah. man. I swear, after you got engaged I, I looked on instagram after and it just started this massive domino yeah. effect it was like i was going through emotional landmines on on instagram trying to fucking <laughs> dodge all these dodge all these engagements good tiktok uh content for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah for my for my yeah. second career i'm pretty sure ariana grande tried to steal my thunder and I'm pretty pissed off about that. <laughs> i'm more pissed that it wasn't me to be honest <laughs> Uh, I just wanted a, a, a brief, funny little mention. Uh, after I uh, proposed to my girlfriend, she obviously said yes. Um, I posted a picture and uh, a bunch of comments, friends, family, you know, cute comments. But then I got another comment and it's from the best bets, hashtag underscore best man. And I quote, it says, congrats, man. Come bet with us. <laughs> You should ask them to give you prop bets for your wedding or your engagement. (laughs) That'd be a good idea. Actually, that comment, so I I proposed on Thursday. That comment, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should bet on the Thursday night game, which I did. No days off. Yeah, no, exactly. I was loving Chargers plus three that night. (laughs) I'm ready to roll every time. All right, should we get into it? Guys, Christmas is around the corner, and we decided to uh, create a naughty or nice list. Naughty being bad, nice being good. We have a mix of Christmas and sport topics, and um, yeah, let's get started. Let's do it. Let's do it. The first uh, subject on the list is eggnog. I'm a big naughty on this one. The ingredients, milk, cream. My stomach is going to be upset <laughs> for days, so I'm, I'm a big naughty on that one. Yeah, I've, n- I've never been a fan of the eggnog. You know what? I'm going nice on eggnog. I, I think it's on my naughty list in terms of being unhealthy, but I do enjoy it from time to time. It's a, it's a treat during Christmas. Yeah, I agree, Luke. I'm a big eggnog guy. All right, the, se- the second topic is Evander Kane challenging J- Jake Paul to a fight. Naughty or nice? I just I think it's naughty just because, like, why are you giving that loser Jake Paul more attention? He's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Evander, trying to. Trying to, yeah, exactly. I don't know why Evander Kane's even bothering getting in a confrontation with them maybe just to give evander claim uh evander kane more clout but i don't i don't see that why it's necessary it's just it's a waste of his time focus on the season coming up yeah i'm, I'm going nice on this specifically for evander kane i think he's probably trying to think about his career after hockey and this has gotten him in the headlines especially in the u.s where people probably don't know his name although i don't think he's enough of a somebody for jake paul to fight no they'll say a local hockey player trying yeah. to fight jake paul yeah. jake paul's a nobody <laughs> like i don't i don't know i think i feel like he's trying to play it all up like jake paul is in terms of like this boxing thing, I know he f- fought like Nate Robinson, and I think he saw all the attention that that got, and how he knocked him out. Yeah, and now he's just like going after anybody and anything, grasping for like grasping for attention to keep relevant. I know he's a big YouTuber, but I would just stick to that and not this whole boxing issue. So the third on our list is peppermint lattes. I know I'm a big fan of peppermint lattes. I actually crave them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything peppermint, candles, lattes. So this is going to be on my nice list. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm going nice. Inject this into my veins. No whip, though. <laughs> <laughs> that low cow, eh? Yeah, you got to... Sk- so, sorry, so you're skinny peppermint latte. I'm a skinny peppermint latte guy. No whip. I'm on the nice list, but it's not something I crave or want injected into me. So <laughs> yeah, I do I'm, like them from time to time. I'm not a big peppermint guy, like peppermint chocolate or anything like that. I'm, I'm indifferent. If, if anything, I'd, I'd put this as naughty. Yeah, like I had a peppermint white chocolate latte the that other excellent. Friday it, it tasted like a liquid donut I was, <laughs> I was like I don't like my coffee sweet. or like too yeah, yeah my latte tasting that caffeine, sweet yeah. yeah I think maybe the white chocolate ruined it but I wasn't a fan of that but I do like the peppermint aspect all right switching it to sports football uh Jalen Hurts future as the Eagles starting quarterback naughty or nice huge nice on this one as I said in week one Carson Wentz is done in Philadelphia that was my hot take Jalen Hurts is playing out of his mind right now, especially last week. I think what he had three touchdowns. He rushed for a touchdown, almost brought them back. Um, I think he's there to stay for a while. I short and sweet here. I hate Wentz. Jalen Hurts is on my nice list. 
I'm going naughty in terms of the future as a franchise quarterback because I don't necessarily think it's it. I think he's playing with a lot of energy and charisma right now, and his team is playing well behind him because of that. Um, but in terms of like a long-term future, I'm not sure it's it's him. Yeah, for me, the verdict's still out on him. Um, I don't like judging quarterbacks, especially after only two or three games. Like, let's see where he is, you know, 10, 12 a season into his, his career once the tape's sort of out on him. Uh, and see how defenses game plan him and then see how he can react. So I think this is a little premature to say like he's the franchise quarterback of the Eagles. Okay, so we're going back to Christmas. Opening gifts before Christmas. Is this on your naughty or nice list? I'm I'm going naughty. This is a big no-no for me. There's no chance I'm opening any gift before Christmas. Yeah, I Christmas don't, Eve. I don't like it either. I think I have some self-control and wait till Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just like a bad karma, bad vibe opening before Christmas. I don't know. There's something like special too about opening on Christmas Day or you know right at midnight on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and if you open it too early, you got nothing. Yeah, you got no gifts. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a fan of it. It's it's a naughty for me. Pale smiling. I think he likes yeah. to. <laughs> I don't think he, he likes, likes to wait in the build up. Yeah. I think he just wants to know what's in there. I, I think the, I think the contact. There has to be context to it. If I have a bunch of presents under my tree, I'm not going to go opening them before Christmas. But oh, if it's I think cards. Yeah, like if it's cards or like even a present. I I just think like in the context of if like you're with someone, they say I want you to like to open this now or like uh, open this now like type thing or you just argue you, no. I'm you not know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Peo was the guy that snuck down at four a.m. to shake all the boxes <laughs> before, oh, yeah. before to or open just, up. Like, open up the corner of the present. Oh, a Gucci like, scarf. He's, <laughs> he's six years old. <laughs> Mom, I didn't ask for these Louis slippers. <laughs> Um, okay, so our, our next sports topic is Vladdy Guerrero's curves. I'm on the nice. I like them. Uh, I think he looks good in them. Um, he suits them well and gives them more power. And if, if there's any sport you can get away with having curves like that, it's baseball. Yeah. Um, but I thought last season it was a little out of control. I thought he came back out of shape. But I've seen some videos of him this offseason. I think now he's playing in like a Cuban or, or somewhere outside the MLB just to keep like stay in game shape. And he looks, he looks like he's lost about 20, 25 pounds. I even, I'm even a more of a fan of those curves because I think it's just the right amount for him. I have him on the nice list as well. Same point as Mikey. If he's going to keep hitting the ball that way, so be it. I, I'm a big, big naughty on this. Like This guy is, sure, a professional baseball player, and sometimes baseball players, they, they can have some weight on them. But the guy is under 25 years old. Like yeah, yeah. you're, you're making, yeah, like ish. you're you're making money off of your body to play a professional sport. Get the hell in shape. Like there's no excuse for that. Sure, if you're in your like late 30s, like David Ortiz or whatever, yeah. and you've made yourself a name in the league, then like sure, put on the weight and DH. But like at this point in your career, you have something to prove, regardless of how talented you are. I think you got to lose more weight. Do, do you think he's would be more effective if he lost weight? Uh he could put on muscle to replace some of the weight, but yeah. like. From what I've been reading, the guy doesn't even like lift weights and work out. He's just um, like empanadas. At, he, at the very least, he could be a better base runner, right? Like he's he's kind of yeah. useless right now as a base runner. I think maybe some of that power comes from you know all the yeah. weight that he's got behind it. But I am a, I am a, a fan of what you said though in terms of like maybe losing some weight but putting on some muscle. Yeah. yeah. So needless to say, he needs to stay off the peppermint lattes. Maybe go to the skinny lattes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna go with uh, chocolate oranges. I know some people may receive this as a gift Christmas time I had it in here I just think it's fu- it's fucking psycho eating chocolate oranges uh, so it's gonna be on my naughty list how about you guys Luke loves chocolate oranges for sure <laughs> no I actually I hate them I, I don't like chocolate there's a lot of other things I'd rather be eating during Christmas than chocolate oranges. Yeah, I think the best part about those oranges is like trying to crack them perfectly. <laughs> yeah. You gotta like, it yeah. opens up like that. Yeah, yeah, when you like, I've seen people crack them perfectly and it's rewarding. I'd rather have a pentatone over <laughs> yeah. Yeah. chocolate. We should have pentatone. <laughs> okay, um, in uh, headlines of the Raptors, actually, OG extension is that this is this going to be on your not nice list or your naughty? Uh, nice for me now that they they can't get Giannis. I think they had to make this move and solidify their front court with Pascal and OG. Um, we talked about him taking the ne- next step in his career. The defensive game is already solidified. It looks like he's on pace now and poised to 
start to be more of an offensive presence. So I, I'm big nice on, on this one. I'm, I'm also a massive nice on this one. Having said that, he's got to continue at the same trajectory, which I think he will. Um, but this is massive. The Raptors locked up their, their future in Pascal, Freddie, and OG now. Um, and it turned out to be a pretty good offseason in my books. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When I first saw it, I was a little surprised. Like I, He's shown flashes, I think, of what he can be. And I think he has a lot of potential. Um, but I don't know. I guess the NBA salary is kind of boggling my mind a little yeah. bit. Well, yeah, they were they were saying his, his number should have been at eighty or over eighty. That that's probably what he got would have got in the open market. So mm-hmm. it looks like Masai did a pretty good job negotiating with yeah. uh, Clutch Sports over there. Yeah. And he doesn't shoot to miss, so he's on my nice <laughs> list. So. Uh, now switching back to Christmas, fake Christmas trees, naughty or nice, guys. What do you guys think? I'm a big fan of the the smell of a natural, real tree. So that's this is, yeah. This is um, a naughty for me. But is it naughty because you're like you're setting it up, you're cutting it down, you like that process? Or you just like the fake, you know, like for me, I like the fake tree because I can just set it up, boom, yeah. it's there. I don't have to go outside. I don't have to freeze my bag off. It's, yeah. It's in the basement. I can hang it, hang up the decorations. I don't know. I just don't like f- fake things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It kind of bugs me that it's fake. I don't know. I just like like having the real tree. Oh, natural. I don't know. I don't really have a good reasoning on why. <laughs> I'm a nice on this. When I was a kid, I used to think that fake trees were were the devil almost. But now I'm a big big fan of efficiency, and I think a fake tree <laughs> helps you get Christmas decorating over with, so you can focus on more important things. Yeah, I'm I'm on the nice nice list for a fake Christmas tree as well. I always grew up with one. As Luke, you were saying, it, less maintenance involved with it. You don't have to worry about like the lights being on and potentially causing a fire, things like that. That's true. Safety first. Yeah. So big, nice list on the fake Christmas tree. Oh, this is, I saved the best for last and I can see Luke just itching right now. Um, Juju's TikTok dance, naughty or nice? I'm going to say naughty. I I don't like his antics and I'll just start off with that and I'll take it. Yeah. This is a big, big naughty for me. I don't like the, I don't mind the dancing and the TikTok, but going to dance tiktok on somebody else's logo like dancing on someone's logo or stepping on it or whatever the case is is a like a huge sign of disrespect when it comes to sports so i think he should just leave the tiktoking separate from the football and yeah in the locker room yeah with your buddies yeah like don't there's no reason to motivate the other team and then this is what happens when something like this happens like when they lose three games straight people are gonna start pointing at this It just brings more attention than is really necessary. Like I'm on the naughty list with this one as well for the reasons, Mikey, you just mentioned. I think Luca, you were, you were even talking about it yesterday about him trying to be To. Yes. That guy, what does Juju Smith Schuster accomplish in his career that he thinks he has the stones to dance on a logo? It might surprise you guys, but I'm also going naughty on this, but not for the same reasons. I think, number one, he doesn't give a shit about T.O. If you know Juju and his personality, this is just him having fun and and building a career for himself outside of football and trying to not be so uh, one-sided in his life. If there's anybody on the team that has the right to do this and have fun off off the field is Juju right now because he's the most consistent player on that offense throughout the entire year and he's been the best player on the offense in my opinion. So he's got the right to do that. Um, but having said that, like Mike said, they're losing right now. And it, for all the people that are losers and wasting their time writing and reading headlines about this, they're going to talk about it and they're going to attribute it to losing or him playing poorly, which isn't the case. I don't think it's what made the other team hit him harder. I think it's football. You're an idiot if you're hitting somebody harder because that means you're not trying every other play of the game. So um, I, I'm going naughty, but just because losers are going to talk about it and attribute it to losses. So uh, we need to move forward and just let the headlines be on something else and focus on winning. So I think Mikey said it perfect, though. It's fine that he's doing the TikTok dances, but don't do it on the logo. <laughs> That's it, guys. We uh, finished the Nadia Nice List. Let's take it to actual sports, and we'll talk about hockey. So, in hockey news, NHL, uh, the NHL is officially back. When's the the start date, they said? It's uh, January 13th. Uh, Coming up soon, eh? Yeah. No, I'm surprised they got it all together. It didn't seem like they were uh, on the same page there for a while in terms of the 
owners wanting to renegotiate the deal that they just signed, but it all came together. So I'm happy about that. They needed that. They couldn't afford to not be playing when all the other leagues have found a way to play. Uh, so kudos to them to figuring out. But I'm more than, uh, I'm static. I think the Leafs got a great division. Kings uh, of the North. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I know now they're gonna. They have four divisions, and then they're gonna produce like semifinals, like winner of each division. Like I don't see how the Leafs aren't in that. So. Do you like, like that at the top? For, do you like that format? Like I'm, I'm ecstatic to have hockey back, but to just play within your division for 56 games, you're playing each team like between eight to ten times. I don't know. Like it's, I think I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. No, I'm, I guess there's no other way to do yeah, it. Yeah, focus is COVID. I guess. Right? Yeah, I guess you got to take what you can get. But. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. But when I said like I'm a fan of the division, is I think they they got placed in an easy division. Right. Yeah, you look at the the East Division. That's the group of death. Yeah, the Pittsburgh one. Yeah, is, the East. So yeah, Pittsburgh, lot, eh? Washington, uh, Boston, Philadelphia, Philly, Buffalo. Who I said is going to the playoffs. And Rangers, Islanders. Rangers, yeah, it's that. That's going to be a tough one to I get out. There's of. the Devils. That's the only team you could easily yeah, count out. It's the only one you can sleep on. And the the Leafs. Their division's only seven teams, and four teams make it. Whereas, right. like Pittsburgh's division's eight teams, so they're already at a disadvantage, no matter how good the teams were or weren't yeah. all right so we know it seems like light years away after the year we just had but we wanted to do a little fun activity and we want to talk about the olympics in 2022 so the men's ice hockey tournament is coming back and the nhl players are back which is super exciting um so we wanted to take you through what our team would look like and have fun debating uh who would be on the team so i'm gonna kick it over to matt um so matt why don't you first walk us through the goalies that you have on the team the goalies, I think, are pretty set in stone. I'd be pretty surprised if we weren't all unanimous on this. Um, the three that I'm taking on my team, going with Carey Price. He's done it before for them on at the Olympic stage already. He's still a top goaltender in the league. Um, a year from now, a year and a half from now, I still think he will be at the top of his game. Um, so I'm going Carey Price. Carter Hart, I think, is going to continue his trajectory and continue uh, to improve his game. He's still a young guy. I think he'll be solidified in that spot as well. And then last but not least, Jordan Binnington, a Stanley Cup winner. Um, last season in the playoffs, kind of took a little bit of a dip from the season before, but I think uh, he'll have a bounce back season this upcoming season and leading up to the Olympics. Yeah, no, that I, that's what I had too. Um, my only, I guess thought I might have is what if Price gets injured or really plays bad and you have to go to the the second and the third guys um, you have two pretty inexperienced guys yeah. that might be all of a sudden in the snap of a finger put into the spotlight um, so if I had to I would maybe go see the problem is it's two years ahead but I was thinking Marc-Andre Fleury as yeah. the third yeah. because if you get to the third goalies things are going pretty bad so it might be nice to have a veteran guy that's been there before, won cups. I think he's been to Team Canada before. Yeah, as a third goalie. Yeah. yeah. Seems like we're unanimous on that um, if, if everyone has, stays healthy at least. Um, so go, moving on to defense, Mikey, what are the pairings that you have for D? Okay, for the pairings that I have, I have uh, Makar, Kyle Makar for the Avalanche. Kyle. Uh, Kyle. <laughs> and um, yeah. uh, Andrew, uh, Alex Petrangelo. Then I have Riley and Dougie Hamilton. Uh, then my third pair, there's no particular order. I guess the third pair is uh, Theodore and Doughty. And the seventh I have as Shabbat. Yeah, uh, pretty similar. I see some cha- uh, some differences between us um, in no particular order or pairing. Um, so I have Thomas Shabbat uh, and Alex Petrangelo um, as uh, two there. Shea Theodore and Kale McCarr as well. Kale McCarr, that guy's going to be winning a Norris Trophy within the next three years. I really believe that. Um, Morgan Riley and Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty, guys won it all. Stanley Cups, Olympic Golds. He's a pure winner. Um, Then for me, I have Josh Morrissey and Colton Perenko. Um, Especially when you're kind of putting and assembling a team together, you don't want all the same uh, types of players on your team. I think Colton Pranko is a very underrated player. Losing Petrangelo, I think you're going to see that in St. Louis. I think he's going to, uh, playing with Tori Krug, the, the two of them, I think they're really going to shine. You're going to see what Colton Pranko is all about and his worth to the team. So um, that's my list for the defense. Just playing devil's advocate, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say Makar's rookie season was a little bit of a fluke where he gets injured um, or something happens, who would you replace him with? I like Pale's point about Pranko. 
Uh, I have Hamilton in there. I think Hamilton's the past couple of years has been a top defenseman. Um, I'd favor him over some of the names Pale mentioned and Morrissey and, and Pranko. Um, yeah, Dougie Hamilton for, for me, I don't really, I don't know what it is. You always kind of hear his name around as like a top defenseman, but when I watch him, I, I don't see him as like an elite defenseman offensively. Sure. Like he, he gets some points, especially on the power play, but Again, you don't want the same types of players in your lineup. Peter Angelo, Shabbat, those guys can put up points. Theodore, he can put up points. I don't see where Dougie Hamilton, he's going to be a guy that can shut down a top line or a top two lines. So you think Morrissey can? I think Morrissey, he's pretty versatile in what he can do. He gets a lot of logs, a lot of minutes too. Morrissey, I have right now not in the lineup. He'd be the extra player there for me. I don't have him starting. Uh, he's more of just as an extra guy. I think I for me personally, I'd rather have, and this might be biased, but I'd I'd rather have a guy like Chris Letang oh, over God, Dougie. God, I was afraid you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Letang puts up points. Chris Letang's a lot more reliable than Dougie Hamilton. That guy plays thirty minutes a game. When they're in the playoffs, there's no one they rely on more than Chris Letang to shut down guys or get them a quick point on the power play. So no. I think I, you'd be hard pressed to find like uh I don't know. I think 9 out of 10 GMs take Hamilton. Um, all right, we're going to switch gears to the forwards. I'll start off with my lineup. So on line one, I had the 2016 World Cup lineup in Marshawn, Crosby, and Bergeron. Line two might surprise a, little, a couple people, but I had Tavares on the left wing, McDavid at center. Wow. And uh, Tavares playing with Marner. Um, so you had the Leaf lineup there playing with McDavid. Then in line three, I had the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, lineup here. So I had Stammer with Braden Point, both playing the wings, and then McKinnon in the middle. On the third line, McKinnon. And then I had, as line four, I had Taylor Hall, left wing, Ryan O'Reilly, center, and Mark Stone uh, as the right wing. And then um, just as other, I had Shifley. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting list. Uh, I think we, we agree on the first, uh, the... Crosby, Marchand, and Bergeron. That's been proven time and time again. You don't want to break up that chemistry. Um, my second line, I see what you did there having Crosby, McDavid, and McKinnon, three centers, like top elite centers, which not a bad strategy. But for me, I had McDavid centering McKinnon and Huberto. Uh, the speed of McDavid and McKinnon would just be so fun to watch. Um, third line, I have Sean Couturier, Mark Shifley, and Mitch Marner. Um, specifically Katuri, I think he has to be on the list. My point about not wanting the same types of players throughout your lineup, your third line, you're going to want some sandpaper guys, some guys that can shut down top lines. Sean Couturier, uh, I think he was one of the be the better defensive forwards in the game. Um, so he has a spot there. Mark Shifley, that guy's every year he just seems to improve. That guy's on the most team-friendly deal in the league, and it's not even close. Um, so he's in there for me. Mitch Marner, he's going to continue to improve. He's a point guy, but he can also play a shutdown role. He does a lot of penalty kills, so he's in the lineup for me. Um, then my fourth line, I have uh, O'Reilly, Braden Point, and I have Stamkos there. Hopefully he's healthy. That's, That's the big, big if. He and if he's, if he's not, um, I have Mark Stone uh, that can plug in that slot or even a Matthew Barzell. He can play Barzell at center, wing. He's pretty versatile. Um, another young guy, and again, in two years, he's only going to get better. Um, so that's my forward list. Okay, my forwards group. The first line, I have uh, Barzell, McDavid, and McKinnon. I think that line is just going to be electric. There's so much speed and skill on that line. That can be your go-to line, um, your offensive line. Then the second line, I have Shifley, Point, and Marner. Uh, I think they all have, bring a different aspect, all up-and-coming Um Shifley can move over to uh, center if you need to put point in the wing. Marner can, like Peo said, play penalty kill as well. Um, I think that's going to be another go-to line. And then the third line, which is the returning group of Marshawn, Sid, and Bergeron. I think last World Cup and Olympics, they show they can play in any situation. You have a good penalty killers and uh, Bergeron and Marshawn. Uh, Sid can play in any situation. They're seasoned vets, good leadership. All three of them, um, I think on the four group that that's a lacking a little bit is the leadership. There's a lot of young guys like, you know, the McDavid, McKinnon, Barzell, Point, Marner that um, Sid and Bergeron are going to come in handy in terms of the leadership. And then the fourth line I have is more of a shutdown line. I have uh, Tavares, O'Reilly, and Mark Stone. Uh, Stone, someone who continues to impress me. Uh, his defensive play on the wing is impressive. He's 
I think he's second to Matthews in terms of being able to create turnovers and uh, pickpocket people. Uh, and then I have my extra forward as Huberdeau. Um, I think this team needs, as an extra, I think it's important to have somebody that can play the wing or is used to playing the wing. Uh, they have a lot of centers, so if one of their centers gets injured, they can easily move like a Shifley or a Barzell or a JT to the center, but they might have trouble uh, replacing a winger if one were to go down. All right, guys, let's switch it up to our random bet bet of the week this is our favorite segment and once again it's brought to you by absolutely nobody we're going to focus our random bet this week on spanish futsal does everyone know what futsal is anybody no i thought it was football <laughs> i thought it was soccer too yeah. <laughs> so yeah. something different yeah so it is a form of soccer i'll just read read you guys a little background here futsal is played between two teams of five players each one of whom is the goalkeeper unlimited substitutions are permitted unlike some other forms of indoor soccer the game is played on hard court surface uh, delimited by lines walls or boards are and are is not used uh futsal is also played with a smaller uh, bouncy ball so think like grade seven elementary school and gym exactly. class. Uh, so yeah. some of the scores I was seeing make more sense now. Yeah. So I was saying like nine three. I was like, well, it's pretty high for yeah. <laughs> Spanish football. Like these teams must not be in a good league. But okay, that makes more sense. It's a very sophisticated sport. And during my research, they really pride themselves on improvisation, technique, and creativity. Remember like the old Ronaldinho highlights when he's playing inside and he's yes. like deking. Like that that's the game. It's pretty popular in Europe, but uh interesting that we're we're betting on it because I don't think I've ever watched a game. I, I, <laughs> futsal is just a funny word to say. Alright, so this week's match that we're gonna be betting on, uh it's the Spain Spain Premier Futsal division. Um, and we have two teams that are at the top of the standings right now. So in third place, we have Levante Dominicos. And then in fourth place, we have Inter Movistar. So Movistar is actually favored here. And the spread is at negative 0.5. So I'm going to take Movistar. Um, in their last 11 matchups head-to-head, Movistar has nine wins, one loss, and one tie. And they have one of the, the best players in the world in Ricardinho. Uh, so lock me in with Movistar at 0.5. I think I might go Movistar just the way Peo says the name is like a Croatian soccer player. <laughs> Movistar. <laughs> yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> I think it's Mo- Movistar. Uh, it's a telecom company in Spain. But I'm, I'm going Movistar as well. So it, although they're... You in, would know that. <laughs> although they're, uh, they're below in, in the standings right now, Levante has actually had a little bit of a cold spell. So in the last seven games, they have three losses. Uh, which all three losses in the year have come in the last seven games. And then Movistar is picking things up, so they just beat the number one team in the standings right now. Uh, betting right now, 25 bucks minus 0.5 on Movistar. Yeah, I'm also on, uh, I'll call them Movistar instead of Movistar. <laughs> That's what I saw it. Uh, Movistar, I'm going them. Uh, Peo touched on it, but I think they've won like nine out of their last 11 matches. They clearly seem to have this team's number. They, they match up well against them, so... Uh, that's a huge factor for me, so I'm on movie star or movie star. You guys know I'm zero and two in this in this segment here, so I, I had to switch it up. And uh, instead of researching, I just went ahead and asked my nonna, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to see what you know, just to change it up. And she, she- actually said Inter Movie Star as well, um, just because Inter Movie Star. She looked at it and it's automatically assumed Inter Milan. <laughs> so uh, I'm going. I'm going to go with Inter Movie Star. Lock it in. All right, we've, we uh, touched on football, our new favorite fo- uh, football sport. Now let's take it to our second favorite sport, sport and it's uh, the NFL. We're going to do the NFL recap, Week 15 main headlines. Uh, we'll start off with the Chiefs and Saints. The final score was 32-29, uh, and the Chiefs pulled out that victory. I got a question for the bench here, guys. Was this game more about how good Mahomes was or how bad Breeze played in his comeback game? I actually didn't think Breeze played terrible. I thought he was a little inaccurate with the ball. Like looking at his his completion percentage, he was 15 of 34, but he had 234 yards and three touchdowns on his first game back. So 
Um, I think this was more about Mahomes and the offense being still unstoppable against a good Saints defense. Uh, I thought it was a tall task for for Breeze and the Saints coming and, and playing and beating KC, who's super hot right now. And then especially when KC's defense is scoring points, good luck beating Kansas City when their defense is scoring points. And then exactly. you have the offense coming on the field. Um, and then Ingram turned the ball over as well. So um, I would say the one thing that surprised me a little bit is that the Saints didn't lean on Taysom Hill a little bit more. Like, yeah, he didn't play that well last week, but I think he only ran the ball three times, didn't throw any passes, and Breeze is coming off an injury against the best team in the league. So I actually thought they were going to use Taysom Hill a little bit more, contradictory to what I've said in the past where I hate when he comes on the field. But at the same time, he's the guy that has been you've been practicing with the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I think Breeze... I don't think he played that bad to Luke's point. Um, like they put up 29 points without Michael Thomas. Um, uh, Chiefs won, but they, sh- I don't know. They showed to me that they can be beaten. Uh, they only lost by three here. Uh, the way the second half ended, or the, sorry, the first half ended is uh, T- Saints should have had a touchdown on the punt return there, but the guy fumbled it. So I know they scored late to make it a three-point game. Uh, but Saints impressed me, and I think it kind of showed that Chiefs can be beaten. I don't know. I didn't think that last week. Um, really? That's interesting because Mahomes threw three interceptions last week, and he squeaked out a victory. Yeah, but Mahomes' interceptions last week, where there was a lot of tip balls, right? And yeah. and he's playing probably like the top two defense in the league in, in Miami. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That's, like To me, it was like last week it was like, they threw he threw three interceptions and they still killed Miami. Yeah, it's like oh my god, like yeah, like you, you know, yeah, you think like okay, if he turns the ball over that many times, then they could lose, but yeah. they can't even lose when he does that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't know, the Saints I think played them well, um, and the Chiefs' run game is sort of non-existent. And I think the a big thing the Saints uh, figured out or did well was they pressured Mahomes well. Yeah. yeah, and they had a lot of pressure on Mahomes. Um, he's not really used to that, and he's used to getting away from it when he can, yeah, or yeah. when it does come. Uh, because if you give him all day, like he's gonna find somebody with the receivers yeah. that he has and the options he has and the arm he has. It's just I think it's very hard to consistently apply that pressure and mm-hmm. for him not to escape. So yeah, it's sort of like you got to bring the blitz, but then you got to contain him, which is like so hard. You got to bring so many people in the box. And they got to worry about cover, so it is difficult. And, and like Mike said, the the Saints did a great game plan right there. J E T S Jets Jets. I do not want to hear that <laughs> team name ever again. I had a seventeen parlay, and a, I was waiting on the Rams to pull out that victory. And again, I got fucked over. What was the ever. difference between betting the Rams and not betting the Rams? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like what what a, yeah. yeah, you probably got like four dollars from betting want, the Rams. I just, want, I just wanted, I just wanted a seventeen parlay. I just wanted to win a 17 parlay. I won a six before. I wanted to win a seven. I respect that answer. The final score was 23-20, Jets. Pao, I'm going to flip this over to you. Did the Jets completely blew their Trevor Lawrence lottery? Uh, Was that important to get a W this week? I I think they definitely blew their chance at getting Trevor Lawrence. Looking at the head-to-head between them and Jacksonville, it looks like if both teams were to lose their remaining games, Jacksonville would still finish last. Um, Jacksonville, there remain two games against Chicago and the Colts. I don't see them beating neither of those teams. Uh, last week of the season, the Colts, they're going to need to win that game to potentially fight for the top seed in their division. Um, so Jacksonville won't have any easier rest games there. Um, the Jets, they got Cleveland, they got the Patriots. Um, but again, even if they were to lose both of them, the tiebreak still goes to Jacksonville. I don't know why um, the Jets didn't pull what they did against the Raiders and just try and lose at the very end like they did. Um, it would have made me happy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think they completely fucked up with that, and now they're going to have to go searching for another franchise quarterback because I don't think they're, they want to keep Sam Darrell. I don't think they see Sam Darrell as the answer. I was shocked on multiple fronts. I like Obviously, the, the Jets were by far the underdog. But normally when you see games like that happen, there's a lot of turnovers in a game, which there weren't. Like the the turnover margin was was zero. I think it was one interception each team. 
Um, when I was looking at the stats, I was trying to figure out what happened. Came down to third downs. Um, so the Rams were two for 11 on third downs and the Jets were seven of 17. So they converted on third downs. But other than that, like very confusing game. Poor, poor Jets organization, but honestly good for Sam Darnold. If, if I'm him, I'm, I'm going to want to st- stick it to the man a little bit and, and win a ball game. I thought he played well. He, I don't think he's the reason they won, but uh, good for him. Adam Gase knows he's gone. Um, so those guys are just going out to try and win the ball game. So good for them and kudos to them for doing that. But they just screwed their future for the next 10 years. Does this just now bring up more questions about Jared Goff and if he's an elite quarterback or has what it takes to make this Rams team win a Super Bowl? I think the coaching staff of the Rams cover up a lot of what Goff's uh, flaws are. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, like the guy just throws, you know, hitches or short routes. And if you put, apply pressure, well, I mean, any quarterback, but if you really apply pressure on, on Goff, I feel like he crumbles. All right, our last uh, headline of the week for the NFL is the Bears versus Vikings. This was a nice, close divisional game. The final score was 33-27 Bears. Um, guys, do the Vikings or Bears make the playoffs? I want to hear everyone's opinion on this. Uh, I don't have the Bears getting in now. I thought last week Vikings might be able to get in, but they seem to be so inconsistent. They sealed their fate with losing to the Bears. Um, I see the Cardinals holding on now. They had a big win against Philadelphia. Uh, so I think Vikings and Bears are both out of the playoffs. I don't see neither of these teams making the playoffs. Um, the remaining schedules... Jacksonville and Green Bay for the Bears. Uh, can see them getting a win against Jacksonville, but dropping one to Green Bay. Um, they need to run the table, the Bears, to get into the playoffs, and I just don't see it happening. Mikey nailed the head, uh, nailed it on the head with Minnesota. Way too inconsistent of a team. Can't trust Kirk Cousins with the ball either. Um, so I have neither of them making the playoffs. Yeah, and I said it last episode, but the Vikings needed to beat the Bears to get the tiebreaker with the Cardinals, and so now they don't have the tiebreaker. Uh, So I'm pretty sure the Cardinals are a win in your endgame, so they've got to beat one of the 49ers or the Rams. All right, Mike, what do you think about the Bears' uh, quarterback situation? Are they going to sign Mitch Trubisky in the offseason? I'm not a huge fan of Trubisky. He doesn't pass the eye test for me. And then I started looking at some stats and one page leads to another and and you know that feeling you're on page 50 before you know it a couple that caught my eye the on target percentage and it takes away like throwaways he's fifth from the worst um then you look at bad percentage throws so this also takes away throwaways too uh bad throws he's at sixth best so that's not a good stat to be best at um and then you kind of i guess the third one is uh, pressure percentage how many times is he getting pressured so if I guess if he's getting pressured a lot then you could see some of the bad throws and not as many good throws but he's third best in terms of not getting that much pressure for for me with Trubisky like just purely off the eye test like I don't think he's a terrible quarterback but I think in this league if you don't find that quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl, you have to move on very quickly or else you're going to screw yourself for the future. So unless they sign Trubisky to back up quarterback money, which I don't think that'll happen, I think someone's going to overpay for him. Um, I think they just got to move on and maybe like live out the Nick Foles contract and then look for their future. Yeah. No, I think like I used to be on like, oh, you need a top quarterback to go to the Super Bowl. If you don't have like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady like playing at the top of the level, like... I don't see you winning a Super Bowl, but I think uh, like San Fran and the Rams kind of showed that. I think you just need a top half quarterback, someone that's like in the top 15 of a quarterback, And but I still even don't even think Mitch Trubisky's that. All right, boys, next segment, Against the Spread. Let's make the audience some money. We have the Vikings versus Saints, minus seven. The Broncos versus Chargers, minus three. And the Eagles versus Cowboys, plus two and a half. Let's start off with the Vikings versus the Saints. What do you guys think? I'm going with the Saints, minus seven. The Vikings looked bad last week, and the Saints take them. Yeah, I'm on the Saints as well. I'm going Vikings, plus seven. Give me the points. Something about this line just is a little bit fishy for me. Yeah, give me the Vikings, plus seven. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I'm going with the Saints, minus seven. All right, we're going to go with the Broncos versus Chargers, minus three. This is free money. I think we're all on the Chargers. Yes. Yeah. 
I think Chargers minus three. Chargers minus three. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Eagles versus Cowboys, two and a half. Um, I'm going with my boys. Uh, I said it. I said it week one that the Cowboys are going to win out and sneak into the NFC East. I still believe in the boys after the big W last week. Cowboys. I like what I've been seeing from Jalen Hurts. I think he continues to roll. Uh, give me Eagles minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm also going Eagles minus two and a half. Although I'm a little worried now with two games on tape with Hurts. I'm on the Eagles. All right, boys. Let's start off with the lock of the week. I got. I got. Carolina, two and a half against Washington. They're going to kick Washington's ass and help out my boys to a victory. My lock of the week, since they did such a good job for me last week, I'm taking the Monday nighter. Give me Buffalo Bills minus seven over the Patriots. Doesn't seem like anyone has an answer for Josh Allen. Buffalo minus seven. My lock of the week is Packers minus three against the Titans. Although there's no fans in the stands with cheeseheads, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to see some massive holes in that Titans defense. I'm going Packers as a lock of the week at minus three. Okay, my lock of the week is Tampa minus nine and a half against uh, the Lions. I think the Lions are a terrible team. I think Tampa Bay finally puts it together. They've looked really good against terrible teams. So um, I'll take Tampa minus nine and a half. All right, folks, I think this is the favorite segment as voted by our four fans. We're bringing you back the last name showdown. Are you guys excited? I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been practicing. Pay respect to the champion. I won week one. I don't think there's any winners in this segment. (laughs) I want to go first. Uh, I don't care. Luke can go first, actually. Fuck him. He needs it. The the winner, the champion, goes last. I'm going to go last. You want to go last? I'm going to decide to go last. All right. I'm going to let you sweat it out a bit, you know? All right, so same as last time, it's a best-of-five competition. So the first player to get three names correctly, or the most correct, I should say, wins this week's competition. We'll see if Mikey can turn the tables this time. You look at him, he's sweating. So first name being passed over to Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> look at him, he's sweating right now. He's, he... <laughs> Mikey looks like he saw a ghost right now. <laughs> this is like a sentence, this name. <laughs> Luca Baia Amote. <laughs> is, that a, is that a B? Yeah. Dude, where's the A in Luca? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, let's, see, let's see your pronunciation. At least he knows his own name. <laughs> Luke Maba Amut. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Peo judge this. The correct pronunciation is Luke Baamute. That was me. I got the last name better. No, he did. I said Boot. I, th- I think Mikey, uh, yeah, I think yeah, Mikey. This is yeah, yeah, maybe. This is fixed. <laughs> Not that he said it properly, but I think he was the closest. Absolutely rigged. All right, so we have uh, a former hockey player of the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm ready to roll. One take Luca, that's what I'm going to be called. Sergei Kervokarsov. It has to be a time limit. Yeah. Man, it's the problem is, like, once I hear him pronounce it, that's all oh, I can think about. Wah, like, wah, Just mute wah, him out. Yeah, wah, I'm going wah, to. Sergey Kurnetskov. <laughs> Correct pronunciation is Sergey Krivokrasov. I don't think anyone was close, but I think Luca was the closest out of the two. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, so we got 1 1. All right, so the all third right. name. My so turn. Mikey is going first. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> Mateus Yankarski. <laughs> no. No, 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 that's one Jan y- Stop it. Janvikus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Lucas the this without him even pronouncing it. <laughs> Mateus Tirzanikvist. Oh, Jesus. Like, does he get the- I thought that was a shoe-in for <laughs> the does, J is fucking me up. Does man. he get Mateus if I don't pronounce it perfectly? Probably not. No, I don't think so. Everyone knows Mateus. I have a couple of Greek friends in the dance floor <laughs> over there. So I think we're going to have to go back on this one. I think you guys yeah. both got it. Quickly look at it, I, say yeah, it. One, one take. Yeah, maybe. one take each. Mateus Yarnquist. Impressive. impressive. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> or was it? 
Mateus Yarnquist. He just no, called him. Him. <laughs> All right, we're giving that to Cam. <laughs> Let's go. The correct pronunciation is Matthias Charnquist. I like how you guys were like, oh, Matthias is so easy to pronounce, but that's not even how you pronounce it. <laughs> Matthias. 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 All right, 2-1 Mikey. It's do or die for Luca. Luca's going first this one. It's a defensive tackle for the New Orleans Saints. David Oyomata. That's a mic drop right there. We'll see. David Onyemata. The correct pronunciation is David Onyemata. That's me. So I'm giving it to Luca just based on the pronunciation of the O. Let's go 2-2. All right, so it's tied up 2-2. The deciding name is is going to Mikey to start. Alexander Shaffley. Okay, Luca. Alexander Scheifel. All right. I think I got I that think, one. I think I'm giving it to Mikey. The correct <sighs> pronunciation is Xander Shoffley. Oh, I pretty. I am. I basically got it. You both said Xander. There's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking X at the beginning. <laughs> Why do they have to trick me? I'm gonna say X. Whatever. I'll come back swinging next time. All around the world. To the beach. Talking we're talking basketball. I don't even need yeah, the music. You're good. I don't think. So, boys, we're watching the uh, Nets versus Warriors right now. Christmas Day is it's coming. and Santa's coming to town, baby. Exactly. So, we have a couple of games on Christmas Day, which, you know, there's not much we can do other than watch sports and, I guess, eat and hang out with family, but most importantly, sports. Um, we got G- the Golden State Warriors versus the Bucks, Nets versus Boston. Dallas versus Lakers, Clippers versus Nuggets, and Pelicans versus Heat. Uh, I'll take it to the bench here. What's your favorite game? I'm going to go with um, Boston and Brooklyn. Um, I'm excited to see where Boston's at and sort of their young talent. And then I'm also uh, most excited to see how KD and, and Kyrie look together. So I'm looking forward to that game the most. I think it's a re- that's a very intriguing game too. I'm really looking forward to that game as well. Um, I think the one that I can't wait to see is the the Clippers versus the Nuggets. Very excited and curious to see how the Clippers come out after um, losing that series the way they did, up 3-1, losing in Game 7, where Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were essentially ghosts for that game. I think the Clippers, I expect them to come out swinging. I think they're not only going to beat the Denver Nuggets, but... They're going to win by double digits if I'm talking about projections. I'm going a little bit different than you guys, actually. I'm I'm most excited to see Dallas against the Lakers. Um, everyone's been talking about Luka Doncic, MVP favorite. The Mavs are going to finish top four in the West. Now's your time to showcase to the world that you are what everyone says you are and, and go in and beat the Lakers. I think that the Lakers are probably going to come in and, and flex their muscles a little bit. They're maybe a little bit more sharpened than uh, the Mavs right now with Porzingis coming back from his injury. So I think the Mavs might take a little bit uh, longer to develop throughout the season. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see if Doncic can can live up to the height and the pressure of, of the MVP talks. It's a little disappointing not to see the Raptors. We know because of basketball, it's American viewership. So it makes sense in that regard. But I would much rather would like to, to see Toronto Raptors versus Miami Heat over the Pelicans over the Heat. 100%. That was the one choice. That they, all the others make sense to me, right? Like they, they all check the boxes. Why are the Pelicans there? I get seeing Zion, yeah, but I, I, I don't I don't even think the Pelicans are a playoff team this year and you have them going up against the Heat. Like why not if I'm the Sixers I'm pissed. Obviously I'm yeah, a little bit yeah. biased towards Toronto, but why not put the Sixers against the Heat? It doesn't make any sense to me why the Pelicans are in there. I don't have the stat line or I don't have the information handy, but uh, no New York Knicks. Talk about one of the bigger markets in the NBA. Kind of goes to show that maybe they're valuing um, players over uh, high-end markets. Yeah, it just goes to show you, in my opinion, how bad the Knicks are, that yeah, they're the yeah. New York Knicks yeah, they're in trash. there. But yeah, no, I'm excited. Luca, what game are you most excited for? I'm excited for Dallas versus Lakers, and I'm just going to go off a wild prediction that um, the Mavs beat the Lakers. Wow. I'm thinking, I, I don't think LeBron wants to lose this game on prime time. Is this, if this is game like 36 of the season yeah. on a Thursday night, I might be inclined to take my, or to take Dallas and say like, this is a big game for them. They could make a statement, 
but LeBron's not, I don't think he's going to let that happen on Christmas Day. And it's early in the season too, so it's not like fatigue's going to play a factor in this one. Speaking of, I guess, Boston and, and Kyrie with Boston, do you guys see him saging the court behind before the game? What a weirdo. Huh? That guy's a different cat. <laughs> the first thing I thought of is it proved my point that he's the guy that cries during sex <laughs> in the last episode. I was like, yeah, that checks all the boxes. <laughs> you hear KD say too, uh, Kyrie's the type of guy that would probably sage his room when he's playing NBA <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo i guess killing killing the bad vibes T- to each his own i just thought it was weird going into his old team's court and doing that i, I don't think he's going to do it at, against every team but what a, a different individual at the very least but if it works it works right yeah back cool. in our primes did any of you guys have any weird pre-game rituals or post-game rituals None that none that Mikey can speak of on, on the air. I, don't think. <laughs> I sat on the bench, so I just tied my shoes. The pregame skate, I used to have Kessel's like pregame skate down to like a T. <laughs> I remember one time during a game, I tried the Gilbert Arenas behind the back during a free throw, and my dad talked to me after the game saying, you're never doing that again. <laughs> so that was that. And then ever since then, I just went on the court and tried to play basketball. Uh, so Rudy Gobert, the king of COVID, uh, he just signed an extension and became the third highest basketball player in the NBA. What are you guys' thoughts on that extension? I think it's a lot for a center with how the the league's trending. Two hundred two million. And I don't I don't know the answer to this question, but I want to pose it: Is he a big enough of a threat and good enough of a player that when you have them on, they have to have the other center on? Like they have to match you. They have to play your matchup, or can they put? A small team out like a small five and be effective against him like, yeah what's I, I think i think you have to look at it the other way because his presence comes mostly on the defensive side of the ball so i think teams are looking to game plan against when he's on the bench then you want to put your scorers on because he's such a good defender um so it's it's almost like that question posed the opposite way so then i with with that answer i think sort of my question or the answer to my question is yes yeah, like, teams are forced to game plan against you. You don't have to game plan against them. Yeah, the 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 only trouble I have with that contract is I don't think he's a guy that you build a team around to win a championship because he doesn't play enough two way basketball. Like arguably the best defensive player in, in the game, he's he's right up there and he's won the award before. Um, but I don't think he he brings enough offensively that you're building your entire franchise around to win a championship. That's the only issue I have with the contract. All right, boys, our last segment of the night is our hot takes of the week. I'll start off. I said last week that the Rams will make it to the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk about the AFC, and I'm going to go the Bills and the Rams will make it to the Super Bowl, and the Rams will beat the Bills. Wow, so you're calling that Buffalo's the team that beats Kansas City. Yeah, I've seen yeah, I think that's the, that's the hot take and all that. Yeah. 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 All right, I'll go with mine. Um, my hot take is the Jets fans don't have to worry for too much longer uh, because the Jags beat the Bears this week and the J- and the Jets reclaim first overall pick. Wow. Wow. That would be a huge mess up <laughs> for Jacksonville. You think the Jags are that stupid, eh? That's a big hot take, though. I like that. All right. My hot take of the week, um, and it's really a shame that this is a hot take Sports related, no bachelor, bachelor <laughs> shit. I'm done with the bachelor hot takes. I'm going to bring it to my favorite team. So my hot take of the week is that the Steelers bounce back and they not only beat the Colts, but then they go and beat Cleveland. And then everybody forgets about the last uh, couple of weeks. His head. So my hot take, I think I asked the question yesterday in the group chat. Um, my hot take for this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers will not win their division. The Cleveland Browns will win the division. Um, I have Cleveland beating the Jets next week, and I have Cleveland beating the Steelers head-to-head in the final week of the season. Uh, in contrast, I have Pittsburgh losing their last remaining games against Indy and Cleveland. Oh. All right, so that wraps up episode three. Thanks again to those have, who have made it this far. I uh, just wanted to say Merry Christmas on behalf of all of us at Center Bench. Happy holidays. Stay safe out in this COVID world. We'll be back for episode four next week.